everybody, I'm Jessica Risker and welcome to Music Therapy. I'm a musician based here in Chicago and I'm also a licensed clinical professional counselor. Um, I'm doing interviews on music therapy with other musicians to see how they've been adjusting to quarantine and to also talk about how they in their music lives and uh, creative creative sense of self has been impacted by the coronavirus. So if you want to see some older interviews, go to my YouTube channel. You can uh, get the link in my bio. Um, I've got a lot of old, older interviews up there with some really great artists. And today I'm doing an interview with Erin Elizabeth Berge um, of Megabog. And she made uh, one of my favorite albums last year. It's beautiful. It's called Dolphine. And it wasn't only one of my favorite albums, but a very critically acclaimed album. Um, and I'm really excited to talk to her about how she's been doing and, and to kind of see, you know, if she's been impacted by this and how and, and to learn more about, just to learn more about her music. Um, after the interview, please stick around because I'm going to be playing one of my lullabies uh, that, I, that I created, a short little uh, music box lullaby. That'll be at the end. And uh, um, here's a few announcements. So this Monday evening, I'm going to be on Live Rhymes with Shana Hoffman. This is a show she does once a month at Cafe Mustache, but now she obviously can't do it at Cafe Mustache, so we're going to be doing it on Twitch. So get Twitch if you don't have it, and that's at 7 o'clock uh, this Monday night. And then I'll share some upcoming guests, and, and while I'm doing that, Erin, why don't you go ahead and request to be on, and we'll, we'll get you on while I'm sharing some guests that are coming up. So tomorrow, Sophie Brochu is going to be on. She's in the band Fovely here in Chicago. Next Friday, Seema Cunningham is going to be on, and she's in Ohm. Um, next Saturday is Jess Showman of Tinsey, who also put out a, a really beautiful album very recently. Next Sunday, I have Gabe Leibowitz of Calvero. And next Monday, that's May 11th, I have Rob Severe, who's one of the co-founders of the Numero Group. He's going to be joining us. And here's Aaron. Hi. Hi. How are you? I'm well. Good. I'm just turning up my volume here. Thanks for doing the show. Thanks for asking me. So where are you right now? Are you in L.A.? Yeah. I'm just at home in L.A. At home? Do you live with anybody? I have a roommate. Um, he's not here much. He's like mostly with his girlfriend. So it's kind of, uh, it's like a blessing and a curse to be alone most of the time. But. Sure. Yeah. Um, well, let me, you know, the idea behind this is to kind of give people a sense of um, how you've been impacted, if you've been impacted by what's going on. So kind of to do that for a contrast, I've been starting off by asking what, before there was a lockdown, what, what was your, did you have sort of a typical day or a typical week that your life was looking like? I didn't have a really solid routine. I feel like I have more of a routine right now because um, I feel like it was always just like trying to be meeting up with people and going to a bunch of different events or like, I feel like I make a lot of plans to go, you know, very far away from where I live and, um, just doing a lot of trips, doing a lot of traveling and doing a lot of touring and, um, you know, just socializing like all the time. And uh, that's just not not happening at all. And it's really strange to not be able to. Well, it's it's. I just love making plans and I love making plans with other people. Um, yeah, but my routine now is. It's, it's also really funny. It's something that I've like craved for a long time 
some a routine. Uh, what was that? Sorry, I think there's a delay, so sometimes it, it can get annoying when I ask. It feels like I interrupt you, but um, a routine. You said there's something you've been craving. Yeah, yeah, totally. Um, just a lot of uh, health things and eating and exercising well. And I guess I'm like not exercising as well or like inside my house. I have like a bike trainer, but it's not the same as like, you know, going out to a gym or like going on a long walk with friends. But I've just started doing long walks with friends, which is nice. That's nice. Um, I mean, how, so what, are you comfortable sharing like what a typical daily routine looks for, looks like for you right now? Um, I go to bed around like 5 a.m. and I wake up kind of early, like nine, between nine and, I don't know, 11, I guess. Mm -hmm. And uh, I make myself breakfast and I go outside to check on the garden. And I work on music a little bit after that. And something that's fun is I set up a, a like my music setup is all stuff that I'm kind of uncomfortable using since there's no real rush to be like working something out for a tour or a show in particular. So I have like, I have my guitar that's set up, but it's like behind everything else on my other instruments. So I work on that for a little bit. Then I make some lunch and in the process of making lunch, I like clean up the house and I start like a food project, like a big soup or ferments or whatever. Mm -hmm. um, and then like the sun will be going down and maybe I'll like be talking on the phone with somebody or, you know, somebody will walk by. Um, it's, I don't really like going outside unless it's like afternoon or nighttime. Um, cause it's just like so hot and so busy. There's so many people out and I get really anxious. It's all kind of boring, but then, uh, when night rolls around, um, I just like turn the TV on and I'm like playing music some more painting or doing like last night I stayed up just drawing out house plans for this, uh, house I'm planning to build in New Mexico. And also like just doing really weird, like research shopping, like. How, what's the best way to buy like a homestead in New Mexico and do this and just like learning a lot. So I feel like nighttime is like school time. Okay. That's, I mean, that's really fascinating. You're going to buy, you're going to build a house in, Me in New Mexico. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Looking into it. Yeah. it's my plan right now. What's the, I mean, what's the dream? What, what would you like it to look like? Or what would you like it to be for? Um, I guess just a home base. Um, like, over the past decade or 12 years or something, I haven't had a spot that's really my house where I've like unpacked and been at. I, I unpacked here in LA and I've lived here almost a year now, um, but I just moved into this house a couple months ago. Um, but I think I'm thinking about New Mexico because I spent some time there and connected to the place a lot more than I connect to LA. It's like I have a lot of friends here and for the social aspect, it makes a lot of sense to be here, um, you know, and work. But then all of the other stuff that you, I mean, especially during quarantine, I'm just like, wow, if I were still in New Mexico, I would just be having a ball and it would be exactly what I'm doing here, except I'd look out my window and see like the Rio Grande instead of all these people like 
just standing out front of, outside of my door, like freaking me out. People just standing outside of your door? <laughs> just like so many people. Where are you in LA? Um, I live in Glendale in Adams Hill. And that's like between Echo Park and Highland Park, but mm-hmm. north a little bit. So it's pretty close to the mountains when I feel like driving a car I can go up there but that's like a weird scene too because it's so populated the city's just so populated everybody kind of wants to go, wants to go to the mountains yeah. yeah we had a question where in New Mexico oh I lived at Embudo Station when I was living there but I've been looking at property like outside of Albuquerque so I'm curious I'm you know I think a lot of people will who are creative in Chicago toy with the idea of moving to LA um, for some of the reasons that you said. And um, I'm curious what, as a musician, you know, what was the reason that you, cause you're originally, I know that I know you from Washington state and what drew you down there specifically and what, what do you feel like have been the draw as a musician and then the things that you're not liking about it? Well, I moved to LA from New York and I moved from Seattle to New York. Um, and I guess I was just trying to find like more of the energy, um, the human energy that makes people like combust together. Mm-hmm. And I feel like I found that in New York, but was also just not there very much because of touring and mm-hmm. wanted to maybe go somewhere where like I could have a cactus garden and also like be exposed to the same kind of work and combustible like human exciting energy um so that's why I came to LA I guess there's a lot of yeah I don't know there's a lot of work if I wanted to be like more domestic but um what do you mean by that what kind of work like studio work or just you know plopping down you know I could I like worked at the cactus store for a while and Mm -hmm. just like things that can calm me down that aren't Mm -hmm. necessarily touring. Um, But yeah, there's a studio here that I, um, a good friend of mine runs and have done a couple projects at, and you know, it's just like, I can walk there and then I can, you know, like go down to the LA river and then like drive to the mountains all in one swoop. And in New York, it was just like, it cost like 60 bucks to get in and out of the city. And then you were just kind of like, I don't know. I just wasn't really feeling that anymore, especially because I was only there for like a week and then had to leave again. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, I got to L.A. and then moved to New Mexico right away because it was just like, wow, this is like just a gross ass city that I hate so much. But I don't. It. I like I really love it. But, you know, I'm definitely craving the other things. Uh huh. How does that work with your band? Because you you've played with. Have you played with some of the same people throughout all these moves that you've done? Yeah. Well, we've played with a lot of different members who live in these different cities, but like Zach Berba Mm -hmm. has been in the band for 11 years now, Mm -hmm. starting in Olympia, Washington. And, you know, when I was living in New York, he played a lot less. And I feel like Matt Bachman is probably the other longest lasting member and he just happened to live in Seattle for a second while I still lived there and Mm -hmm. he moved to New York and then I moved to New York and 
then like, you know, met a lot of the other players that played with me in New York from him, which was amazing. Um, and everybody's just like done a lot of moving together. Just a lot uh, of, okay, I guess we're not gonna have a house for a while because we're gonna be touring. And it feels really special that um, people have been willing to do that. It's in LA right now, Zach just moved here. Um, my guitar player, Will, just moved here also from Seattle and um, Aaron O'Time, who plays all the synths on a lot of the records, um, moved here like a year before I did. So we were all kind of excited to just be jamming together all the time. Yeah. How do you do that? You know, when you're living in a different city and either you're trying to connect with some of your bandmates who are somewhere else or you're working with new musicians, like how does that... Um, how does that impact how your the sound is coming out or the vision you have for the sound or how you might be composing? Is that ever frustrating or does it just come together? Like how does that work to have people in and out? I think it's like more exciting in some ways. I think, uh, you know, some of the domestic stuff I've mentioned craving is like playing music together regularly and, you know, seeing what we can come up with if we're just like thinking about it all the time. but how it has worked is just people meet up a couple of days before a tour and like we learn the songs, we learn some new songs. We are kind of like, I'm just mouthing all of the parts to people and they pick them up as their own. And mm -hmm. then it's just like really exciting because you never really know what it's going to sound like. It's also so frustrating when it, you know, maybe sounds bad and you have no time to correct it, but it's, it's still just exciting. Yeah, I, I admire that. I think it, uh, I would have a hard time uh, doing that. But I mean, whenever I've seen you play, it always sounds great. And I'm impressed that, you know, you're saying that there may just be like a couple days of rehearsal before you go on the road and then put it all together. Yeah, I, th I think it would be so fun if we were like rehearsing for a long time and just like in each other's lives regularly. And we were kind of starting to do that just this year. Like Zach got here in February, I think. And... Aaron and Will and I had been playing some like trio shows for a while just in LA uh -huh. and it's just like oh yeah I can just come pick you up and we'll play and it doesn't have to be right before a show we could just play whenever yeah so, so when you when you were let's say making the last album how much of all the the intricacies of of the parts the different instruments were coming from you or were coming from what you were working out with with other people um the last album being the one you heard I'm thinking Dolphin. Yeah. Um, I have no idea like what percentage, but it was, you know, everybody played a heavy role in it. I would, you know, I'd tell people what I wanted to hear from what instrument, but it, you know, it, I like didn't write it out or I didn't like ask how, you know, you're going to like tune your synthesizer. So it was all like a lot of off the cuff by the band members too, just uh -huh. trying to like, feel as best as possible under like because that was a that was a record where we just met up Matt and Derek and I had been playing together for you know almost a year some of those songs but not all of them maybe like three of them and then um Aaron and Meg and James uh they all just we all just met up like two days before the session and kind of slammed him out but you know maybe had like two two hour long practices so it was a lot of 
can you remember the parts? They're kind of frantic parts. And like once they remembered the parts, it was like, we have a little room, but we're going to do the live, uh, live takes. So it was just like whatever they dialed in and wanted to play at the, at the time was okay. what was up. Okay. Yeah. You said you have lately been using morning time to work on music. Is that, have you always had a, a structured time that you work on music when we're outside of like this more routine life you've been living? I've almost always worked on music through the night. Um, I've, I've never had a, a great sleeping rhythms and um, used the nighttime to do a lot of writing. Mm-hmm. And so it's, it's really different. I feel like uh, my whole music game is just different right now. It's like I'm not preparing for a tour. I'm not preparing for a record, even though, like, you know, everything I do is kind of preparing for everything else I'll do. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, I think I just try to do music early on in the day because I want to make sure I'll do it like during this time because uh-huh. nighttime I feel like I can get so distracted by like all the fringe projects uh-huh. um, and I don't feel like super passionate about writing specifically for anything. Um, so I'm just kind of like playing with some new synths and like learning how to sequence things and like listening to music that you know I have no idea how to play and trying to play that and you know mostly just like not play with guitar right now okay so are you would you say you're writing or you're more kind of just experimenting right now I think it's the same thing sure so yeah I mean like documenting all of it and I'll probably use it for something like I got I, I get really excited on this like kind of lame band camp finally pays the artists what they deserve days um because people will just be like here's a demo that I wanted to share and now like you can buy it and I'll donate the money and I was talking to my friends Zach and James yesterday and we were just like yeah like what kind of record are you gonna do for charity like we should just do all these crazy records and people probably be listen to them at least I mean you said that you know you're not writing the same way now because of um because of the quarantine, because you're not really, even though down the road you can see it playing out into like an album or a tour that you're not really thinking of it that way that like you usually do. Is that, did I hear that right? Yeah, there's less pressure. There's a lot more slowness and I'm grateful for it because I can branch out of myself a lot more. Uh-huh. Do you, I mean, you generally feel a sense of more pressure? Uh, yeah, like I'm, I'm like pretty competitive even with myself and you know, I want to be like, I want just things to be good presented well and um, want to do like as much as possible. So I feel like it's um, easy to just book a year out of touring or, you know, under whatever circumstances, it's just like, well, I guess we'll just, tour forever you guys all down and it's like no we're not all down okay we'll get like other players for these tours and I just am like really manic about it uh-huh. um but that's like completely stripped away right now okay like, I have no idea when like shows will be allowed to happen again and it's nice to not think about it for a second okay so you're enjoying that break I am it sounds like it had to kind of be forced upon you rather than if it was just up to your own you would still be driving Totally. But, uh, you know, it was like we went on a tour, our last European tour late last year, 
just uh, Will and I took a vacation to Portugal afterwards and we're just like, we hate this. We hate, we like don't want to like be on vacation anymore. We were already like on vacation tour, just like working nonstop. And, you know, I was just saying over and over, like, I really need to take a break soon, but it like seems impossible to take a break all the time, especially because that's main source of income. Uh Um, So I'm not sure if I would have taken it if it wasn't forced upon me, but I like, I don't know, it seems like cosmically correct for it to happen right now, at least personally. And, you know, I'm not dealing with, I'm, I like have a house and I'm like really safe in so many ways. So I can feel and say those things. So how, I mean, I know this is probably is a complicated answer, but how, how do you feel like you've handled, um, you know, this, the pandemic and the change and all of the, just your day to day, how has that felt for you? I feel like I've gone through several phases. Um, was really anxious and like germaphobic at the beginning of it. And then, you know, like went through a phase of just wanting to be, which, you know, I guess I'm still kind of in, but I'm like, you know, planning a trip to learning Spanish and planning a trip to Mexico and Central America and like planning all these things. Cause I'm just like so eager to like be in the world again. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then there's also that phase of, uh, just like wanting to be wanting to even more perfect my domestic situation like the building a house in new mexico or something and you know i've like in the past month and however many weeks like have planted a garden and have like a kitchen full of ferments and like all these weird cooking projects and Uh you know there's there's a lot of stuff that's there's a lot of desires that are kind of conflicting like going back and traveling it's like oh yeah I want to get a dog now I want to like do all this stuff like adopt a bunch of donkeys and live on my farm but like I don't I really like love have loved my life and don't want to be like socially isolated forever yeah do you feel like this this forced sort of pause on things will encourage you to take breaks in the future if you know things get back to where there's nothing really stopping you from touring all the time has the experience of this shaped that yeah i think it's been really useful for the longer term plan i don't really know like when or if you know people will be touring regularly and there's like a huge part of me that's like can the economy actually crash like can we like you know start over completely and like not worry about any of the bullshit music stuff that I mean not like bullshit music but like bullshit music industry stuff and will my touring like go back to when I started touring where like we had five dollars and didn't care if we got home with five dollars or you know it's like really not based on survival but more based on like exploring mm-hmm. um but yeah I still I still think the break is good Do you feel like your music's been impacted by that that difference in approach, whether you're touring and writing music in a way to explore versus now it's like, I have to because this is my income, if that makes sense? What was the beginning of the question? Do you, I mean, I kind of, maybe I am misinterpreting, but it sounds like there was a period of time where you were kind of doing it and maybe not making as much money as now 
and there's a different relationship with touring, whereas now it might feel like this is our source of income. Does that yeah. impact, you know, the choices that you make creatively? Yeah, I'm, I'm sure. Um, I mean, I am sure because I know it has. Um, even just like working with deadlines or like trying, you know, it's strange to make a record and then wait like a year and a half for it to come out and, mm -hmm. you know, people are like, love your new record. And I'm like, I made two other ones. In the <laughs> right. Like, but um, even like making records, it's like, why do I have to make an album of songs and release it like physically or like, why do I have to release it in this really stifling, um, you know, like only being able to release like 40 minutes of music at a time is really strange or like if you don't have 40 minutes of music you can't like put press it on a record and it's it's like really wasteful and strange and then we just kind of do it because it's like well yeah I want my music on a record and yeah I want people to like buy it at a store and then it's all about buying it and like making it marketable and even if it doesn't like inhibit the songwriting like you still feel free when you're making music which I do for the most part mm -hmm. you're still kind of like questioning all of the rejections you have along the way too of like people not wanting to uh, like I don't know financially support you versus like um just love the music you kind of mm -hmm. like at least I am like taking it personally a lot of the time where that just makes me just I don't know like resent some of the process a little more than I would if I were just like trying to figure out a good melody for like the chord progression I'd just written or something yeah so it's like your priorities get a little fucky yeah um I guess that's I mean I want to pivot a little bit to you know part of the part of the purpose of this show is to share with other musicians like if you found things that are helping you cope with the day-to-day -day and this this really abrupt change in your life and your music like what has worked for you um like mindful walking has been really helpful mm -hmm. just like i'm not walking to get to any point and I'm not really walking to like save my life but like I need to walk to just have a break from my little zone and um like be present with what I'm what I'm feeling and doing and like catch mm -hmm. up with all of the many projects that I have going on and I feel like those many projects are like even more so when like regular life is up and running but um, you're kind of distracted from like the meaning of all of them and there's like I never make time to like I rarely make time I guess to meditate and take a break or just go for a walk just because I need to like move my hips um, that's that's just been like really helpful because as soon as I get back I'm just like I love being on this earth <laughs> I love like making the life I'm making um, even if it goes away in a couple hours, it's just like really helpful to have that in the experience. Uh -huh. The other thing that I've heard over and over again is having the routine. Is what? Having a routine, a daily routine. Yeah. 
as opposed to just like an empty day where it just kind of gets lost on your phone or something like that. Yeah. Like I say, I have more of a routine now, but it's still like much of much of me being lost on my phone. Um, sure. <laughs> there's not things where I'm like, it's time to do this. It's time to do this. It's just like, I guess this is just what I'm naturally doing. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Is there anything, you know, is there anything else that you want to share or about, you know, your experience as a musician or with your music right now that um, has been touched by this? I don't know. No, not really. I think, I mean, I think that was great. I just wanted to give you an opportunity to, but I, I you know, found that really interesting and I'm, I look forward to, you know, if you do release some of the stuff that you've been experimenting with to hearing, um, to hearing what's, what it's sounding like. Where can people support your music? I have no idea. <laughs> uh, <laughs> do you have a band camp or where can they buy like a record? Yeah, I have a band camp. It like goes to, yeah, it's fine. I, I say just listen to it if you want to. And, um, you know, if people want to collaborate on legitimately fun things, that's, that's you know, nourishing and supportive. But uh, I don't. I don't know how you listen to the music. You don't know what? I don't, I don't know how people would like try to support the music right now. I just say take care of yourself, I guess. Be, be healthy enough to come make music or hear music when it's possible. Well, thank you very much for being on the show. Really appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah, okay. Well, uh, talk to you later and thanks again. That was Erin Elizabeth Berge. And I'm just going to close out here. I'll send her a message to put her Venmo up. Um, I'm going to close out here with a, uh, a lullaby. This is an original lullaby. Let's see. I just want to put the camera on this. So this is a lullaby I make on these paper strips. This little music box kit. Sorry trying to make you seasick. Um, punch out the holes, makes a lullaby. This is the album that they're all on. Um, but here's one of them. Thank you guys for, very much for watching and to Erin for coming on and uh, sharing how she's been doing and, and how her music's been impacted. Tomorrow I'll be back at 2.30 with Sophie Brochu of uh, Fovely.
here in Chicago. And uh, yeah, if you want to watch, if you missed any of this, it'll be on YouTube uh, within a day or two. And there's a lot of previous episodes with other uh, interviews and, and stuff on there too. So check it out. That's in my bio. Uh, thank you very much for watching and see you tomorrow.